Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. My name is Brent, and today my special guest is Sean McNay. Sean was the first interview I ever did on this podcast. We've come a year around the calendar since then, and it was a great Thanksgiving show with lousy audio because we were shooting wherever I could with a USB mic. Sean is a husband, a father, a baseball coach, a Minnesota Vikings fan, one of the few, and a pastor. Sean's also my friend, and I'm excited to have him in our first in-person interview in the new studio. This is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the Fallible Man, Brent Dowling. Sean, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. So, Sean, I told you I'd make this really easy for you and just take you right on the roller coaster. So here we go, right? Take us there, Skid. Now, I actually gave you more of an introduction than I generally do to any of my audience, uh, just because I know you better. But tell us, who is Sean McNay? Okay. I'll, uh, as I drove over here, um, I thought to myself, I'm an average Joe. Like, uh, you've had some, like, impressive <laughs> guests on <laughs> the show. You. Thank um, you. So, so I'm just going to skew us down a little bit. Um, who am I? Uh, I grew up in Western Montana, the youngest of four boys to Jack and June McNay. And I'm the youngest of four boys, uh, Scott Reed, Lindsay, and me, Sean. And um, my brother Reed is with the Lord. Scott and Lindsay are a couple of my closest friends. But we li all live in different time zones. I am a husband. I met my bride 39 years ago. We've been married 37 years, but we married. Uh, we met in college. Her name is Diane. And uh, I like to say that I outkicked my punt coverage. I married way, way above my pay grade. Diane is from Salem. Uh, we got married in 1984. And I worked at the university that we graduated from for 15 years before making a midlife crisis vocational change, trying to follow the Lord in the ministry, and his call on our lives at that point to assign us into pastoral ministry. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons you and I met, because uh, Diane and I came to Quincy 12, 11 plus years ago. We're in our 12th year now of ministry here. I'm a father to three adult children, Zachary, Lacey, and Libby. Uh, you said that I was a baseball coach. I was for 11 years. Actually, just this year will be the first year that I haven't coached baseball since we moved to Quincy. I stepped aside. Our assistant coach from last year, I felt like, was just a, the, the heir apparent. I'd, I don't make the hires, but I was pretty sure that uh, he could take the baton and run with it. So this will be the first year in over a decade that I haven't coached. I'll I'll miss that, but uh, I'm really at peace about it. I am a hopeless Minnesota Viking fan, but they'll they'll win the Super Bowl sometime, probably after I'm with the Lord in heaven. That's that's the gist. I I I'm really thankful to be a husband and father and a pastor, and. Um, I'm thankful to be here with you. Thanks, buddy, for having me. Oh, no, I'm glad to have you back on the show, man. It's uh, We've been a long journey to get here, and you've been willing to test the waters all along. And, you know, I really enjoyed our Thanksgiving show last year. Uh, I really did. Despite the audio issues that were outside of our control, uh, my, my mom has gone back and listened to that. And it's, you know, well, moms have to like things, right? But, no, it, it was a great episode because it – actually really helped me become more com comfortable as a podcaster. So I really appreciate that on your part. And now we're, we're done with the softball questions here. Okay. Baby. okay we're going to get Let's into go. it. Here's the hard one. What is your favorite ice cream? Uh, I, I had anticipated you might ask me that. I like ice cream in general, but if I had to choose one flavor before I went to heaven, I would probably uh, choose lemon cream. Lemon cream. Uh, it, 
It'll love you tender. You should give it a try. That, it sounds good. You can get it uh, at Baskin and Robbins. Okay, I was going to ask if there was a specific brand. Where you get that. Well, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a lover, not a hater. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I real, I like ice cream. But uh, if I had one bowl of ice cream before I went to be with the Lord, lemon cream, baby. <laughs> lemon cream, it is. I love that question just because it, it's universal, right? Unless you are lactose intolerant, and they've even made ice creams just for that. Thank goodness for that. It is all but Thanksgiving. It is upon us. Uh, this, in fact, tomorrow when the show comes out will be Thanksgiving. Or, sorry, the day after the show comes out will be Thanksgiving. Yeah. What are you most grateful for for Thanksgiving? Oh, man. Um, at... And I, I want to leave some time for you to talk, actually. So I, I have to, <laughs> I have to think through. So I said, most grateful. I guess I would start with uh, two things. I'm 60 years old, and I've been, I was um, 14 when I came to faith in Christ. I, I was introduced to him before that, but. I didn't make any kind of intentional step toward the Lord faith-wise um, until I was 14. And as you can imagine, that's been a, uh, you know, it's not been a smooth r road. Um, it, maturity doesn't come quickly, and typically it doesn't come easily. And that's certainly been the case for me in my faith. I guess that implies I think I'm mature. I, I don't mean to imply <laughs> that. I, but I think I'm further along than I was when I was 14. But I, I am thankful for this, first and foremost, that um, although I don't understand why, um, I'm, I'm loved by God. And, I, you know, I can look myself in the mirror and say to the guy that I'm looking at, like, I know who you are. Like, I know the truth about you. And God even more. Like, he, he knows us. You know, he's the one that created us. He knows the things we're going to say before we say them and the thoughts we're going to think before we think them. But to be loved by God, and, and I come in and out of my awareness of that, that would be the number one thing I'm thankful for is that I'm known by the Creator and, um, and accepted and loved, even though, um, you know, you can say it a lot of ways, I'm a knucklehead, I'm a sinner, I'm... Um, a fallible man, um, and then and then I I would add to that I'm I'm so thankful that I've been given family, uh, the family my family of origin, um, my mom and dad my three brothers uh, I, I'm just so thankful they pointed me toward Christ each of them, my brothers included and even probably more specifically at times than my parents um, impacted my life and faith, um, encouraging me to take a step in to follow the Lord or to stay the course in it. And from my family of origin to my immediate family with my, my bride, Diane, and, and our son, Zach, and our two daughters, Lacey and Libby. Brent, I just, I don't, I don't know what life would be like. I, I, I think I could have life without them, but, but, I, I'm glad I've had them in my life and uh, my greatest earthly blessings. So I'll stop there, but that, no, you're fine. that's enough to chew on, I guess. You're fine. We are, if anything, honest on this podcast. We, uh, I don't ask my guests to pull any punches or hold anything back. And I wouldn't ask that of anybody. That is uh, probably one of my most fallible traits is I'm, I'm painfully honest uh, about things, so especially back about the fact that I'm fallible, but I I don't believe in putting a gag on a person on something of the heart. I ask my guests to watch their language, just so we don't get the explicit rating on Apple very often. But uh, you know, if it comes out naturally in the conversation forum, I I also don't edit it out. So I'll do I'll do my best. Yeah, you know, I I know, right? That's going to be a struggle for you, but I certainly wouldn't ask you to say less in that uh, format. So on Monday's live stream, we talked about the definition of the word appreciate. 
and how it actually is a multi-step process that builds on itself. Now, for visual representation, and if you guys are listening to the show, there is a video version of this show, and I apologize, but I brought this so Sean could see what I'm talking about in case he missed the live stream. So there are four definitions of the word appreciate in the dictionary, and they actually go in this order. It's to understand fully, to recognize the full implications of something, to recognize the full worth, to be grateful for, or to rise the value. Now, one of the things that I talked about in the live stream Monday was this is actually like just fully developed appreciation. The definition actually builds on itself if you want to get the full version of the idea of appreciation to the point where, so it works like this. Step one is acknowledgement. I see it. Step two is understanding. I get it. Step three is Thanksgiving. I'm grateful for it. And step four is increasing the value. I will try and grow and tend it. Now, like I said, the definition stacks on itself and it's, to me, instead of four separate je- definitions of the word, it's the full process of truly appreciating and being grateful for something. You want to share any thoughts on this? Well, number one, I uh, thank you for the etymology of the word. That's, that is really, that's helpful. I, I love that, the idea of it stacking. And it seems like the word that comes to my mind is um, going deeper in in this number step number two of understanding it um yeah it's the the thing that sticks out to me most is in step four i will grow and i will tend it that idea that it just adds to this the concept of us being stewards like we're not owners of anything but a, a biblical understanding of stewardship is tending to it like you're a father and a husband and you tend to those relationships, not just responsibilities, but relationships. And tending uh, the spirit of gratitude or appreciation, I like that. That's challenging. I, I wish I could totally claim ownership of this breakdown. Oh, you didn't write that? No, definition. no. I, I, will, I, will not, uh, I will not plagiarize my friend's work. A friend of mine I met doing this podcast, actually, author Stephen Crane wrote a book called I Can Appreciate That. And we actually talked about it a little bit when I interviewed him. It is in the prologue to his book. Wow. The whole rest of his book is a collection of basically essays because his son goaded him into living a life of gratitude for a year. His 15-year-old was, called him out hard. He was like, Dad, why do you always see the worst side of everything? Why are you such a pessimist? And so he plunged into this year of, huh. Uh, but he breaks this down at the beginning of the book. And I read his whole book. and It was a great book. I'll loan it to you if you want. Um, but it, this was in the, in, in the opening prologue of the book. And I mean, just, right? Just blew my mind. I never thought about it. I never even thought to think about it. But it had such gravity. When I really start, it's like, wow, that is probably the best explanation of what it means to be truly appreciative or truly grateful in, in the stages of it, right? Because you can be grateful on the surface for something, right? We do that all the time. Hey, thanks for the cup of coffee, right? We do that kind of stuff all the time. And that's acknowledging that you did something for me, but that's not gratitude. You know, knowing that I, I haven't met Stephen, but um, hearing that he went through, uh, it sounds like the book came out of that challenge that his son gave to him. Mm-hmm. It's no wonder. I mean, if you if you intentionally dive into the deep, deep end and swim, right, in, in gratitude, that you would be able to give something more than a, a surface level definition of appreciation and gratitude. Uh, that's impressive. It's not just impressive. It's, it's inspiring. You you can borrow it if you want. Uh I'm sure you won't mind. Well, listen, you're only three steps from original thoughts. So you've quoted Stephen here and you say, you know, Stephen said Mm -hmm. the next step is you can say it's been said 
And then the <laughs> third time you just say, you know, I've always thought. And, and there, there you have an original thought. So sorry, Stephen, if you're watching this. I'm not sure I could do that. I'd, okay. Uh, I, I might Integrity. Integrity. Yeah. yeah fallible land. Okay. Steve, Steven's, uh, Steven's a really good dude. I'm actually uh, planning to coordinate with him and a couple of the other guys I interviewed. I want to do a fatherhood symposium online. Live Q&A, streaming it. Um, Steven has worked in the system with foster kids and step and kids like that. I've got another guy I interviewed who has stepchildren and he's like, you know, no one ever talks about being a stepdad and a couple of the guys I talked to. So I'm working on putting all of them together. We're going to do a fatherhood symposium online, just stream the whole thing like on a Saturday or something cool. for a couple hours and just do live question and answers and presentations on being a father and growing yourself as a father. Good stuff. I don't want to plagiarize him too much. I want okay, him to come on the show. Right. Yeah, you can plagiarize him after he's been back <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, after he's been back on, you know. But, uh, yeah, this was just – he shared that in the book and it was like, wow. I uh, I never just put that mm -hmm. together and absolutely loved it. And it played into today's episode so well as we're talking about Thanksgiving and gratitude. I, I just wanted to share it with you because I, I didn't know if you'd ever seen that before. No. Because when I saw it, it's mind blown, right? Guys, we're spending the first part of the show just getting to know Sean and letting you guys get to know Sean a little bit. And we're talking about the idea of appreciation. In the second half of the show, we're going to get go into applied gratitude. What does it look like to live your life with gratitude? We're going to roll to our sponsors and we'll be right back with more from Sean. Today's episode brought to you by TheFallibleMan.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.TheFallibleMan.com and check out our blog, updated twice a week with new content, and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at TheFallibleMan or at FallibleMan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our Attitude Swag Shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com. Welcome back. We're here with Sean McNay discussing gratitude, and we're going to get into that, what it actually looks like to practice gratitude as a lifestyle going forward. But before we dig into that, Sean, what is the most, what purchase of $100 or less in the last year has had the most profound impact on your life? Of a hundred dollars or less. Yes. Uh, well, the first thing that came to my mind actually was a little more than a hundred dollars. Can I squeak over the limit? Uh, we'll see. Okay. Well, you can decide. Um, so I, uh, I bought a pair of shoes. Mm. Um, I, I started walking, um, uh, I had a close friend die. He was um, younger than me by about a decade, and he died of a massive heart attack. He, um, good man, I'll see him again. Uh, he's with the Lord now. Uh, he was a follower of Jesus, and um, but but he um, he was so busy. He was uh, a college administrator, executive administrator, and. Uh, was kind of fully committed in his work and as well as trying to take care of his family, but didn't do as good a job of taking care of himself. And he was aware of that. And I was in the same spot when my friend Scott died and uh, just not not doing a very good job of doing physical care. Um, and my my wife, Diane, challenged me and said, you know, I I, I want you to be around. <laughs> and that's always a good thing. I mean, that's a blessing when when our wives say they want us around. Mm -hmm. So I started walking in um, July of 2019. And in, in, and then I, my daughter challenged me, hey, Dad, let's walk the year. And um, I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, it's going to be 2020. Let's walk 2,020 miles. And I said, you're insane. <laughs> You are insane. No, I'm not going to do that. And this was a couple of days before the new year. So it was right at the end of 2019, <laughs> a long, a long time before 
our awareness of COVID. And um, don't we wish we could go back there? Um, so she asked me again the next day. Our all our kids were home for Christmas, and and I said, "Honey, I don't I don't have another word other than no. I'm not going to do that." And that night I went to bed, and this is the thought that I had: McNay, you're an idiot. For some reason, unbeknownst to you, your daughter actually likes you and wants to spend time with you. And here you're saying no. Who gives a rip if you? make the goal or not. Just say yes and go walk with her. So I, that next morning I came out and I think it was the day, it was uh, New Year's Eve day. And I said, Lacey, I'll do it. And she was like, what? You will. And so we started doing it and we get through January and, you know, it's about five miles a day. And, and I thought, I don't, I don't think I'm going to make this. We get a five weeks in, she goes, dad, I'm just so busy. I don't think I can keep up. And I'm like, oh, so you get me hooked and then you, you, <laughs> you drop off. So I kept doing it. And one thing led to another. And uh, I was at 2020 by the end of September of wow. 2020. And I'm like, you know, I was kind of like just picking up steam, right? And I ended up the year, uh, I, I thought I want to, I, I, I made the goal, but I want some total that I can remember. And so I ended up doing 2727. I thought I can remember that number. And uh, I went through several pairs of shoes. And um, that's a lot of miles to walk. That's so, a lot you, of miles. You, you know, five, five to 600 miles on a pair of shoes is a lot. I, I got a pair of shoes this last year that was just over $100. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a lot of money to pay for shoes. But I'm probably for what it all represents because it rep I, I I listened to the Bible uh, about two full times through in in the span of walking that you know in 2019 and 2020 so well over 3,000 miles um, and I listened to the scriptures all the way through twice I I listened to hours and hours of worship music plus plus some good teaching and, and just kind of mindless stuff. Like we, we were talking earlier about Louis L'Amour. I, mm -hmm. I listened to a few Louis L'Amour books and yeah. And that guy that likes the Vikings and, and, uh, Louis L'Amour. Um, hey, I grew up on Louis L'Amour. Yeah. But the, the, the reason that I would choose those shoes is because of what it represents. It, it, um, it brought my wife and I closer together because I, I did some of those walks with her. I did some with my daughter mm -hmm. and my other daughter, Libby, and my son. I, I got to walk some of those miles with all of them, and I benefited physically. Um, you lost a lot of weight. It, and so it, it was – but the reason I would choose the shoes is what it represents, and I'm, I'm very – thankful for it. So you're going to have to decide if it's worthy of me saying it was, they were over well, you know $100. Well, let me drill into this a little bit because you, you've actually hit two points that we hammer on frequently on this channel is a, you use the time to also improve yourself. You listen to the Bible, you listen to other books. You didn't just walk, you fed your soul, you fed your mind as you were taking care of yourself physically. And we're huge proponents of that. In fact, uh, Last Monday night, Monday before last, I was just talking about uh, hacks on how to how to fit in self-improvement in a super busy lifestyle. And I became a huge fan of Audible in 2020. I'd never listened to audiobooks before. Now I, I love them. I just started a new one yesterday. And so, you know, I'm a huge fan of Audible book audiobooks because it's let me get I love reading. I I have for years. Never as much as the rest of my family. I, I was a late bloomer on that. Like, I was a kid. They all read. It drove me nuts because they'd all be reading books. I'd be bored out of my mind. I didn't actually fall in love with reading until I was somewhere around sophomore in high school. But I don't always have time to read. So the fact that you're doubling up, you're walking to feed yourself emotionally and spiritually while taking care of yourself physically, we got to let that go. With them. You know, that, that's a, that's a well-invested slightly over 100 bucks. That, and, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. So many men 
stop taking care of themselves physically in the name of trying to be better husbands and better fathers, trying to provide for their family and take care of themselves. Uh, I know I can tell you in the last year I've put on an extra 30 pounds because I spend so much time working and trying to build out the fallible man and work a full-time job and be a dad. I just haven't been going to the gym. And my birthday squats are coming up for the year and I'm terrified that <laughs> I'm going to die. Just say no. No, no, I've got to do it. Fail, pass or fail, I got to do it, man. I'm, I'm in. Uh, it, it gives me a hard dose of reality. It's one of the things I love about weights. Weights are completely uh, bipartisan on everything. They, they don't care. They don't care if you feel good. They don't care if you hurt. They don't care if you're tired. However many pounds is on that floor is the same amount, no matter how you feel. And you're either bringing it and you're going to move it or you're not. It's, it's a, one of your most honest friends in the world. Mm-hmm. So I, I love weights for that. But yeah, it's uh, so many guys I've talked to and worked with. That is a universal thing. And I mean, you don't even have to talk to people. You can just look, right? As people mature and grow up and develop jobs and families and mortgages, right? We all get a little wider and a little less oh, healthy. Yeah. And then if you add other habits like that, I mean, I smoked for years, which just tore up my lungs. And so, you know, you add other bad habits and all of a sudden you're like, oh, look, I'm uh, 30 pounds overweight. I can I get winded walking to my mailbox. It, it's a normal thing for men to die young because they literally work themselves to death. And part of that is they work a lot of hours to take care of their families, which isn't a bad thing. It's good that men want to take care of their families. But they also stop taking care of themselves so they can work more. And so, yeah, no, I, I can let go of the hundred dollars on that. Okay. One All right. I you, you, you hit two major, major points that we're really into on this channel. So that, that was just beautiful. That worked out nicely. Thanks, buddy. It's like, uh, you listen to the channel or something. Yeah, actually I do. I'm a that subscriber. I'm a subscriber. So, uh, I'll just say to the guys that are watching, uh, subscribe and like and comment uh come on into the fellowship do the social media thing man share us with your friends and to all of our podcast listeners i'm just grateful you guys taking the time and spending some time with us as we keep digging into gratitude in this thanksgiving week now here we go deeper questions that that was a fun one i like to lighten it up a little bit here and there in the past year since you and i did this before on thanksgiving i made some upgrades, obviously. I've gained some experience in the fact that this is my 70th published episode. Now I've done 70 episodes that have published, not counting the ones I haven't released yet. I've had an incredible opportunity to interview a lot of really incredible people over the last year. People who are successful in their own rights in all kinds of professions and industries. And it's been my experience that one of the few things that everybody seems to share who's really successful and on a path they want to be on is all of them have the same outlook that gratitude is a foundational part of life. That, I mean, from from a real estate mogul, multi-million dollar real estate mogul, to a dating coach, all of them seem to agree that gratitude is just a foundational pillar of being successful and healthy in life. So what do you think makes gratitude so pivotal? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I'll, I'll uh, I'm going to go back to what you said about the weights. You know, they're, they're, they're not partisan. They, they're your best friend and they'll tell you right where you're at. So I, I, I hate weights. Um, <laughs> so, uh, after I walk, I typically do a little bit of stretching and some just body weight stuff. Mm-hmm. And so mine are, are pushups and I have, I have a friend, good friend, Pat Bailey. He, uh, he coached for like 42 years, I think, uh, re- he, uh, most recently was coaching at Oregon state for baseball. And now in his sixties, he's working, uh, with the fellowship of Christian athletes. And Bales is just a, he's a wonderful guy, a great guy, good, good friend, uh, good Christian man, uh, really faithful to, to the Lord and his wife and his kids, grandkids. And 
I, I lifted weights with Pat when we were younger, uh, and so I, I can't get his voice out of my head. Um, just just today, I was after a walk. I was deciding whether or not I wanted to do these push-ups, and I could hear Bales in my mind. He was saying, "You know, those push-ups aren't going to do themselves. If they're going to get done, they're going to get done by you. Let's go." And, and that's actually a pretty good imitation of Pat Bailey. Um, but it motivated me. And um, I, I would say that I, I, I think that appreciation, thanksgiving, gratitude are so pivotal because they're a choice. You have to choose to do it. You have to decide if you're going to be thankful, uh, grateful, uh, appreciative. Um, and it's when we engage that amazing gift that God gave us of free moral agency. Because uh, we're made differently than the angels. We're made differently than the animals. We were given free moral agency. In other words, we were created by God to be able to choose. The upside is we can choose him. We can choose good. We can choose, um, you know, worthy things. The downside is that... (laughs) You know, I'm a fallible man, so I I know what it is to choose unworthy things. And I think what makes appreciation so amazing is that in order to do it, you have to choose it. And uh, you know that you're thankful, I mean really, really thankful, when it's hard to say thanks. When your circumstances beg you, they cry out to you to complain to whine, to be bitter. And the Spirit of God is within you, inviting you, prompting you, encouraging you to be thankful. And there it is. There's the choice. The old man, the flesh, that that flesh nature within us, doesn't want to be thankful. We want to be selfish. We want to complain. We want to uh, be bitter. And the Spirit of God within a man invites us to choose this way. It's the road less traveled. But if you choose it, you're going to find that it'll come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and spilling over. So that that's my thought. I, I think the power of it is that it's a choice. And, and when our thanksgiving is directed toward God, uh, it's worship. I think that gratitude gives you a perspective that you don't have otherwise. Yes. Just in the collection of people I've talked to, this it, it is such a diverse group of people, right? If it was, say, I, I was doing the show and I was only talking to, you know, professing Christians, right? Then you would expect that of somebody. I, I've talked to some really colorful characters, and I, I would never judge where they stand with God. I've talked to some very colorful people and some people have had just train wreck past and come back around and other people are still in really unique journeys on their own right now. But this diverse group of people all just sat there and was like, you know, gratitude is so important over and over again from one person after another. It's like, I, I just didn't even see that answer coming in some of the interviews. And I think it gives us a perspective that we can't have otherwise. I mean, you have to choose to be grateful. I I think you're hundred percent right on that. And so I think it starts to, when we choose that, it changes the way we look at the world. Yeah. The, the thing, (laughs) this isn't going to sound real spiritual and that's okay. (laughs) Sometimes the best stuff is, is the stuff that doesn't sound spiritual. That great theologian, Jimmy Buffett, um, <laughs> once sang that uh, the, the song, Changes in Latitude, Changes in Attitude. Um, gratitude is like that. When we choose gratitude, our altitude changes, our attitude changes, our position changes when we choose to be grateful. And, and again, it, not all gratefulness is directed toward uh, God. But the gratefulness that is directed toward him is, is like 
that's like a two second layer of a of your favorite cake. It's it becomes worship. He accepts it as worship. Here's a question. Can you be truly grateful and not have a reaction to it? Right? Can you truly say you're grateful for something without it causing a reaction? Whether it's a, you know, I'm, I'm not saying like you jump at somebody and be like, oh, thank you. I'm just, can you truly be grateful and not have some kind of mental and emotional reaction? Um, well, the first place my mind goes to is, um, I have some friends whose son, uh, drowned, uh, right just after his 18th birthday. And, uh, it was unexpected. He was a young man who would just, uh, the world would say was bursting with potential. He was... Truly the kind of person that lights up a room when he walked into it and, and was just a joy and kind of the center of, of the universe to a lot of people. Just a really great guy. And they went through grief, deep, extended grief. And I, I know that there were times when they chose gratitude um, when they didn't feel gratitude. So it was um, like a, practicing a spiritual discipline. And I know there were times when it, there was no um, change in their emotions. They, they, the sorrow, it was a long time before much joy seeped in. Um, so I think you can be, it's easy to try to judge whether or not we're appreciative or thankful based on our feelings and what may may follow. Um, I I think if you practice it, then eventually it's going to overwhelm you. I I think there'll be something, there'll be, uh, it sounds so, um, I don't know what it sounds like, but um, there's a payoff. I don't know if the payoff always comes immediately. And that's, that's, if you're looking for a quick fix um, and somebody might go, well, okay, I'm going to start being thankful. And then they, they, they're working through something and, and maybe they're in, in grief of one sort or another. Uh, they're just in a place where their circumstances are undeniably difficult. It, it doesn't mean that you're not thankful or, or grateful um, if you don't get an immediate feeling. I guess what I would say is um, I think that that will come, though. I think there's evidence, evidence all around us that says you can't practice uh, gratitude and thanksgiving without eventually having change, change in attitude, change in latitude, change in uh, perspective. So a long answer to a short question. I think change will come. I don't know that it will, in my opinion, that it will always come immediately. Um, but we live in such a quick fix culture, right, where we, we want it now. You know, we, we Amazon Prime, we want the article that we ordered before we order it, right? We want it immediate. And um, But that that's not the real path to change. That's not the path to maturity either. So... That's what I think. Long answers to short questions are uh, almost a must sometimes. Some of the shortest questions are some of the most difficult questions out there. I I think uh, Stephen Crane would agree with you. Some of the stories he told in his book were like, how do you find gratitude in that situation? So, yeah, sometimes, sometimes in the darkest places is the easiest to see the light I, I think that's absolutely possible what does gratitude in action look like or did you have something you want to say no okay. no I'm, what does gratitude in action look like uh well I, you know 
I, I suppose we think that words, um, but congruency, like when our words and our actions meet, uh, they they match or they're they're close or I I don't know. I guess a hundred percent congruency would be somebody who says everything that they do and they do everything they say. Uh, Jesus is probably the only example of somebody I could say was a hundred percent congruent. Um, so I think my first thought is, well, what are the words that are proceeding? But then, what what are the actions um, that that you observe either in yourself or somebody that you think is grateful? Um, man, gratitude can sound like words of thanksgiving. Um, affirmation, praise, actions of gratitude are uh, sacrificial giving of one kind or another. Um, you know, that I just have a lot of stories in my mind of, especially children who want to help, they see a need and they, they don't really, they're not tied up in the value of things. So they want to give, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe we can learn from kids, but um, kids can oftentimes, we will cite them for being the example of selfishness or whatever, but we could probably find real good examples in the adult world of that. Um, sacrificial cheerful giving i think is is a pretty good indicator of gratitude now let's let's define sacrificial intentional because you know with some of our listeners those are big church words that aren't going to ring i know what you're talking about growing up in the church but those are words that we generally only associate with the church they don't always translate well for people who haven't grown up in the church. So can we break that down? Sure, you bet. So I think uh, you can tell, somebody could tell whether or not they are um, being sacrificial in their giving in, in whatever form it is. If, if it doesn't cost you anything, then it's not sacrifice. Now, it might be sincere, mm -hmm. but uh, for something to be sacrificial, it's got to cost you. And uh, so if somebody gives out of abundance, then it, so it's, it, sacrifice cannot be judged by the size of the offering, of the gift, uh, the, at what's given. It's based on um, did it come out of abundance or did it come, uh, um, did it, did it cut into what you think you need? And so, you know, if, if somebody was like, I wonder if I'm a sacrificial giver, I, I guess I would say, did it cost you anything? Because um, if you want to, and there's nothing wrong with giving out of abundance. That mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, it's not a competition, right? And the winner of the sacrificial giving is, <laughs> it's not that. But, but uh, this idea that, to whom um, the, to whom much is given, much is required. But the flip side of that is the blessings will come back to those who give the most. Um, and that, that could, you know, if, if your listeners are familiar with the kind of the health and wealth prosperity gospel, I'm, I'm not preaching that. I, I, I don't ascribe to that. I'm just saying that there is a, uh, I, th I think it's a universal law um, that when we give, it is given back to us. And what's interesting is when we start looking behind, like, well, where is that coming from? That's where I think some people actually meet God. <laughs> um, so it's cool. Yeah, but that's, that's for another podcast. Nope, we'll get into that some other time. But I do appreciate you breaking that down a little bit more. I know that's one of the things I used to get hit with all the time as a youth minister was if I moved into Bible words with people when I was talking. But I mean, it's the same thing in, in the industry, right? 
personal trainers at the gym who use big fancy terms so they sound smart are usually idiots and they're just <laughs> trying to impress their clients who don't actually know what they're talking about so uh those guys drive me nuts you know i could talk about computers till everybody in this room or listening to this podcast falls asleep because nobody cares and it's industry <laughs> boring to talk about computers especially when i start getting into techno jargon so my wife was telling me she will, she was uh, attending a seminar today online for uh, QuickBooks because she does bookkeeping. And she was trying to tell me about it. I'm just like, uh-huh, I'm great, baby. Yeah, <laughs> just trying not to nod off as she's going into these. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So uh, you, you could do that with me and computers in a nanosecond. Oh, <laughs> see what I did there? Nah, nah, I know. So for anyone who wants to improve their life and start to live a life with gratitude, what are three actionable steps towards practicing more gratitude in in a person's life that they can take right now? Huh? Three steps to start to, to live a life of gratitude, practice more gratitude in their life. Um, well, the first thing I would say is, uh, have a plan. Write it down, right? Like choose someone or something and commit to it. Like, uh, you know, when you agree with somebody, like, hey, I want to do this, right? Um, now somebody, now you're accountable to someone. So if I, I say, I would say this step number one is uh, bring somebody else in for, for accountability. Um, two, uh, Set a date uh, that you're going to do it by. And if they really do want to practice it, like do it within 48 hours. Like, and, and, and then thirdly, I would say start with something small, not like I'm going to give $100,000 and you, you, know, you might not make $100,000 in a year. It's like don't do that. Just if you want to start, say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy the guy in line behind me at Starbucks, I'm going to buy his coffee. And so those are the things I would say. Get get somebody that you're accountable to. Set set a, a date, uh, you know, that you want to do it by. And start small so you can do it, um, you know, do it sooner rather than later. As you hear what he's saying, those are all very intentional steps. To practice gratitude, you have to be intentional about your decisions. You have to be intentional and purposeful about what you're doing. It doesn't happen by accident. You don't stumble into it. It's like anything else good in your life. You have to be intentional about it for it to really take root. Nothing just happens. That's that fairy tale we're all waiting for retirement for when I just happen to find a winning lottery ticket one day. Right. My wife keeps telling me I have to buy lottery tickets to win. I keep telling her if God wants me to have the money, I'll just find a winning lottery ticket. <laughs> I got about the same chances either way. My brother, uh, my brother, Lindsay, he um, he has a small group of people that he sends out these what he calls coffee cup sermons. I'll, I'll send you one. It's we get them. Uh, it just started with him sending them to my brother, Scott and I. And and uh but they're really good. Like he'll write down a thought on a coffee cup while he's at church. I'm like, do you pay attention to your pastor or what? So, um, but they, they're typically, he'll take whatever he's hearing in the pastor's sermon and sum it up into a statement he can put on a coffee cup. And, uh, the coffee cup sermon from, uh, this last week was sail, don't drift. And uh, I like that because what, that's exactly what you're saying there. It's intentional. We, we never drift into ports of excellence, right? You have to be intentional. You have to uh, set, the, set the sail and take hold of the, you know, whatever controls the rudder and, and be aware of the wind. And you've got to be intentional in order to sail um, into excellent ports, you never, you know, if you, when when a boat hits the rocks, they drift it into it. Unless the sailor is an idiot, he doesn't, you know, point the boat toward the rocks. Um, 
So that what you're saying about being intentional is what my brother Lindsay said in his coffee cup sermon, sail, don't drift. Yeah, but that was way more eloquent than I, what I just said. So Well, remember now, th- three points to uh, you're only three steps away from originality. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one's going to work his way into Manly Monday eventually. <laughs> For sure. Sean, if people are looking to connect with you or to reach out to you, you know, where can they find you? Do you do social media? I know the church does YouTube, and I'll put a link for the church's YouTube in the show notes as well. Uh, well, I think that would be the best way. Uh, our contact information for the church is on the, just the, uh, we're online, uh, Quincy Free Methodist Church, um, qfmc.org, I think is what it is. Um, our YouTube channel is the Quincy Free Methodist Church. Um, we have a Facebook page and Instagram, but all you got to do is, you know, type in Quincy Free Methodist Church and you'll get there. I, I, man, I'd, I'd welcome any contact from any of your listeners if yeah, they want to have conversation or you if guys they need... have actually nailed the SEO. Have you heard of SEO before? I have no idea what so... you're talking about. SEO is what the internet runs on. It's what Google lives on. It's search engine optimization. You type in Quincy Free Methodist Church on Google. Like, I I don't even have to fill it all the way out. It starts to fill it in. Quincy is a unique enough name with a combination of Free Methodist Church in there that, yeah, YouTube, Google, it pops up. I wish my website popped up that easily. Well, it... If it pops up and it, it if we've nailed whatever it is that you SEO. said we nailed, um, then you can know I had nothing to do with it because <laughs> uh, I am, you know, technologically a, just a train wreck waiting to happen. So Fair I'm enough. glad, but thank, thanks, bud. Fair enough. So guys, we've touched on some really deep thinking today. Gratitude is a really deep thing. A couple Mondays ago, we talked about growing emotionally and spiritually. And and gratitude is something that affects you on both levels. It's something deep within yourself. And it's, it's a beautiful thing that will make you happier. It will make you have a better outlook on life. It will make you feel better about other people, about yourself. So guys, while some deep thinking, it's actually a really easy lifestyle because the more you practice gratitude, the easier it gets to practice gratitude and the more root it takes in your life, guys. And it will change your life forever. So practice your gratitude. Execute on what Sean said. You know, find someone to help you be accountable. Make a plan and execute, guys. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow. So happy Thanksgiving to you guys from our family here at the Fallow Man. We pray that you get to be with people you love. And if you can't be with them tomorrow, our prayers are with you. Hopefully you can connect with them in other ways in this crazy time in our lives. Guys, count your blessings, even in troubled waters. And as always, be better tomorrow because of what you do today. We'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.